This is the remix. Car out of the gun. Jacobs to his right. Three receivers right. Car shotgun. Lobs one. Near side. Adams over his shoulder. Makes the grab at the five. Walks into the end zone. Touchdown Raiders. Have a quarter, Devontae. A 25-yard strike to Adams. And the Raiders take a 6-0 lead. Jacobs alone set back behind Carr on a first and 10. Raiders working left to right. Snap, play action to Jacobs. Fake reverse to Hollis. Carr looking downfield. Devontae's wide open at the two. Grabs it. Touchdown, Raiders. The defender had fallen down, and Devontae Adams has his second touchdown grab of the half. A lot of it goes into it. Um, you know, there's yours that... You know, I played better football with worse numbers, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So the number part isn't really the thing that we look at. It's just the efficiency of how you're running the offense, you know. And so uh, moving the ball, scoring points, taking care of the football, all those things. And so, um, like I said, it you know, it takes everybody, but I'm just working on trying to be better. And I, I've had, you know, good numbers first half season, bad numbers, all that kind of stuff. It really doesn't matter until the end anyway, you know. Uh, you try and win football games and, you know, see where that leads us. And, uh you know, again, for me, I'm just trying to be better myself, uh, and those things can land where they want. I just want to make sure I'm playing good enough to where we can win more football games. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, featuring Adam Candy. Uh, more giveaways coming up. We got more Kevin Hart tickets, and we're going to give away a Porta sub, six foot classic sub, uh, and a chance to uh, win a Yeti cooler from Finley Volvo Cars. So be listening for those. We'll give away the Kevin Hart tickets right after this segment. Uh, let me ask you a question because um, I'm going to read some quotes from an interview on Raider Nation Radio. And here we go again, Adam. We talked about this at the offset. Uh, win now has now become, oh, we're going to evaluate everyone. We're going to see what we have. Uh, kind of giving the insinuation that it's already in rebuild mode at 2-6. and six. Uh, You and I both said that's uh, uh, nonsense in terms of they went from win now, they spent all that money, and the playoffs should be the expectation, uh, 3% chance of getting there now. This was Vinny Bonsignore from the Review Journal on 920 Raider Nation Radio. There's a problem with what, there's a prototype with what they're looking at. They want to bring in higher IQ players that can carry out Patrick Graham's trying to do on defense. Between now and next office, and I would say expect a lot of changes defensively. Bonsignore continued, I think that's definitely something that is going on. When I say IQ, I mean football IQ. Talking to people, I think one of the things they really want to stress is having a team that can execute at the highest level, and sometimes that means taking it up a notch from the game-planning perspective. That's the Review Journal's Vinny Bonsignore. Do the Raiders need smarter defensive players? No, the Raiders do not need smarter defensive players. Ed, what did we talk about with last year's Raiders team? We spent most of the season talking about, wow, the defense is actually better than we expected it to be. Right, uh, The Raiders by DVOA last year ranked 17th in the league after so many years of talking about how the defense was holding them back. We talked about how the defense just had to be average and Gus Bradley's defense was average. And they went to the playoffs and they were a team that were thought to be at least moving the right direction. And this year under Patrick Graham, they are dead last in DVOA and by a large, large margin. So I don't think the players got worse did they i think the players probably stayed at the same level of talent so what's changed it's the coaching right and 
I'm not here to bury Patrick Graham. He did a nice job with the Giants for as long as he was there. But to walk into a building where the defense had improved last year and has regressed so significantly, and then to put out through the media the idea, well, they're just not the prototype of the players we're looking for. That's ridiculous. These players improved last year. What changed? You changed the coaching staff. Uh, I, I, I want to get back to John Abram because, like you said, they are uh, systematically getting rid of the Gruden and Mayock uh, uh, draft picks. It seems like Crosby uh, and Nate Hobbs was before he went down. Crosby is the only one really uh, having any kind of year. How much has it hurt them? Because this is not one of the Gruden Max uh, uh, position players. This is one they went out and got. And I know this is a simplistic question, but you know Chandler Jones has really just given nothing. It has allowed uh, Max Crosby to be chipped and doubled and tripled more than usual. I mean, it's just on that right side has been a disaster, half a sack, um, uh, and he just hasn't done anything. If he was up to par, how different could this? How different could this be? Oh, it could be enormously different. And, and think about the hype that came with the acquisition of Chandler Jones. The thought that they were upgrading from Yannick Ngakwe, right? Yannick Ngakwe was just fine as a compliment last year, and this year it has changed significantly. We thought that the cornerbacks were going to be the biggest problem for the Raiders, and they haven't been great. But Chandler Jones has been by far the single biggest disappointment on this defense. Now, that being said, they brought in Casey Hayward on a one-year contract last year. He played an all-pro level, and they let him walk. And they let him walk to focus on other areas like Devontae Adams, like Chandler Jones, and that has been the other biggest disappointment is that Rock Yassin coming in has been not great. Right. He's ranked 55th by pro football focus grade. Nate Hobbs was good last year, maybe even great, and he's been okay. He's ranked 32nd by PFF grade. So they don't get the production they were expecting from the edge defender, and they're getting pretty much exactly what we expected out of their cornerbacks, and that's how you end up dead last in the league. I think he is. I think you think he is. Um, if this went south, even more so than usual, I mean really south, and I don't think that's possible. I told you before, I think they're going to win some games starting this week. I still think they have enough talent to where, you know, four or five just wouldn't make sense. I think eight and nine is a disaster only because you probably don't get in the playoffs and you hurt your draft stock. We talked in the earlier uh, segment about uh, the idea of tanking. Uh, the coaches and players wouldn't do that, but just the idea of how two and 15 helps you for a top draft pick, especially if you're going to um, move on from Carr with the one year out. But do we know how good a coach he is or he can be? He's lost five games. Uh, they've lost three games with a 17-plus lead, two and six after all of this offseason moves, and he's lost 23 of 30 games a head coach after 6 and 0 start with Denver. How much are you putting at his feet? I'm putting as much at his feet as the players are putting at his feet. Uh, I don't need to be the one to try to figure out, can I evaluate an NFL head coach better than Dave Ziegler, better than Mark Davis or anybody else in the league? I definitely can trust Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams made very clear how he felt after the Jacksonville game. And you know what? He didn't pull back this week, right? Yet Just yesterday, he yeah. talked about how we can't stop throwing me the ball if I'm double teamed. He said, quote, if you think the only way I'm going to get the ball when I, is when I'm singled up, then I'm going to have four catches on the year. So 
he's making very clear that they went away from what was working in the first half against Jacksonville, and he said it on multiple days, and it's a clear shot at Josh McDaniels. They basically said, why are we trying to establish the running game after the passing game is destroying this Jacksonville team? So that's what I have to go on. I have what the players are telling me, and the players are telling me that Josh McDaniels, a guy who we told we were told has rehabbed. He's different. It's not the same as he was in Denver. He's in the process of losing one of the most important guys in his locker room here in year one. I know Devontae Adams said, oh, I love these coaches to death, so on, so on. Guys who love what the coaching staff is doing don't keep saying to the media the coaching staff is doing the wrong thing. Uh, this is from Adam Hill in the Review Journal. Uh, this quotes as well. At the end of the day, if we're just going to concede and say, oh, no, they doubled me, it's forcing the ball to him and we threw it to him, then I've got no business being in the building because that's what teams are going to do. I think he's seen every coverage uh, that there is imaginable, but I think he's on with the comments about the coaching and the offensive play calling of the last game and these comments yesterday to the media, he's on edge here a little, and it doesn't seem to me he's backing off very much. That's the point, right, Ed? The point is that he's not backing off. This was not just a heat of the moment statement. No, this by was Devontae Adams after it was, the game. A, it was in a scrum, and he, you know, he had a lot of time to think about it. You first, you go to McDaniel's, then you go to Carr. Then you go in the locker room and you hope, especially after loss, you hope someone's there to talk to. Um, I'll say this for him. He always knows the media wants to talk to him. He always stays. He doesn't ditch anyone. Uh, he stays and, and, and talks. And But uh, going back to your original point, this is not a guy backing off at all. This is a guy who wants his opinions out there. I was there yesterday in the scrum yesterday. He was very on point yesterday. And I think, you know, again, what he's saying is, is – uh, something that they need to at least think about in terms of what he wants to have happen here. They gave him that much money. They gave him the huge contract. He's eclipsed 110 catches three of his last four seasons with the Packers at 48 for 658 and eight games with the Raiders. Um, he's gone halves and even games with diminished roles in the offense. His opponents focus on taking Derek Carr's top option in the passing game. That's from Adam Hill in the Review Journal. Um, and again, as we know, as Adam writes, he caught nine for 146 and two touchdowns, and they had one reception in the second half. Now, let's not get it completely twisted. It, there are only two receivers in the league this year who have had more targets than Devontae Adams. It's not as though they're not throwing him the ball at all. But this offense was built on the premise that Devontae Adams was going to take them over the top. So you could almost say, maybe the 80 targets aren't enough. Maybe you need to be throwing them the ball even more. And that's not out of the realm of possibility for the Raiders. Now, the question here is, where again, where does the accountability go? Because we're seeing a different Devontae Adams than we saw in Green Bay in terms of his visibility in front of people, right? It all focused on Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. It didn't focus on Devontae Adams. We didn't see him in front of the media this much in Green Bay. We didn't no. see him in commercials no. this much in Green Bay. And he's been very clear about the fact that early in his career, he felt like he needed to take a back seat. And now it's the Devontae Adams doing detergent commercials and doing taco commercials. And he's out front and it hasn't gone well, right? Like it hasn't gone well for the Raiders. It hasn't gone well for a guy who's facing assault charges for shoving a photographer like it has the potential to go south really, really fast here when the accountability is going to fall on the players. That's the problem. The accountability falling to the players, it needs to fall to the coaching staff. And how do you hold a coaching staff accountable if you don't fire somebody on the coaching staff? I'm not saying you should fire Josh McDaniels. I'm just saying the question for the Raiders of how to manage the blame and how to manage the accountability is really, really tricky and really fraught. 
Uh, Carr, and you made this point uh, earlier in terms of who do you lay at the feet of, um, and we didn't talk about Derek Carr until you brought him up uh, in terms of how he's playing. 21st by PFF, 39 QBs with grades. Uh, he hasn't been good uh, despite Adams getting, uh, despite uh, signing Adams. I don't, you finish 8-9, and nine, like you said, you go into purgatory, and who's out there as a, as a veteran? And I don't know if you can make the argument that anyone out there is going to be better than Derek Carr at that point. Uh, now again, you finish two and fifteen, and and you know the quarterbacks from Alabama, Ohio State, and Kentucky are there. That might be a whole different uh, animal. But you're them right now. You know you can get out of the deal after one year. Is the decision already made, or do you have to see where you finish to see who else is out there? Because you can't you can't count on getting any of those top three if you're ten or more. I mean, really, if you're five or more, probably in this draft because those guys are going to go so fast. Do you think they're already having those discussions? Well, I think you're always having that discussion when your quarterback isn't performing at a top level. And I think most importantly, the one thing that changes this year is Geno Smith. Because Great point. someone is going to look out there and try to find the next Geno Smith. And maybe the Raiders think they can do it. Maybe they don't feel like they have to finish 2-15 and 15 and picking in the top three in order to move up from Derek Carr. But here's what I would say about thinking you're going to move up from Derek Carr or anyone else. The Raiders have one offensive lineman, and he's exactly the one you would expect, who is ranked in the top 50 in pro football-focused pass-blocking grades. It's Colton Miller, of course. But if you don't improve that offensive line in terms of pass-blocking, it's not going to matter. And the one thing that we've known about Derek Carr, hello, Joey Bosa, is that the reputation is out there that if the offensive line isn't going to protect Derek Carr, that Derek Carr is not going to be a good quarterback and he's going to get the happy feet and the throws aren't going to be as accurate, et cetera, et cetera. It hasn't been as obvious this year. There haven't been wildly inaccurate throws, obvious pick sixes, but the numbers in aggregate tell you that not having a good pass blocking offensive line has led to Derek Carr being less accurate. And it's for, I, I think you had the number earlier and it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot. Is it 6% less accurate? That Josh Correct. put out 6%. there? That's a so, lot to me. Yep. Without question. And and it's not a matter of, oh, how much is 6%. It's a matter of the fact that the number had been basically the same for three straight years. It had been roughly 74% on target when it came to the passes for Derek Carr. And it's dropped 6%. And the biggest problem is it's dropped 6% going to Devontae Adams. And that's the biggest question for the Raiders is how do you maximize him? Now, I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that Darren Waller's basically been a non-factor this year. But there was never an elite tight end next to Devontae Adams in Green Bay either. Right. No, you're right. Uh, Good stuff there from Adam Candy. It's Ed, Adam, and Danny uh, running the show today. All right. Uh, Before we get to Candy's chonies, and I can't wait for that because I'm going to fail miserably on the numbers he gives me. I'll have no idea what he's talking about. He'll help to help me out there. Two tickets to Kevin Hart. We've got two more tickets to Kevin Hart on November 18th at 8 p.m. at the Resorts World Theater. Uh, your tickets, the uh, Kevin Hart show is the 18th and 19th. These tickets will be for the 18th. Uh, Resorts World Theater, two tickets to Kevin Hart. I'm going to say it, Danny. Caller number seven at 702-364-1100. 702-364-1100. Right now, two tickets to Kevin Hart. We'll be back after this. Candies, chonies. Eh, nobody cares about that. It's not a big deal. Guys. It is a massive deal. How do you not understand this? Hundreds of corporations have been hacked in the last few years, and no one gave it. Name one. Equifax. Candies, chonies. Name another. Target. 
Candies, chonies. Another one. PlayStation. Then one more. Yahoo. Another. Marriott. One more. eBay, Uber, Anthem, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Home Depot, Facebook. God damn it. Candies, chonies. Fine, we get UPS, it. UPS, Chase Bank, Tumblr, LinkedIn. People don't care about privacy. What they care about is a good story. Congratulations to Justin. He run the Kevin Hart tickets. Don't worry. Got a uh, six-foot port of subs coming up with your chance to win a Yeti cooler. We'll do that at 9.45 before Soto comes on, before Cassie Soto joins the show. You're going to have a chance to win that port of subs. Enter into the contest for the Yeti cooler. So we've got more prizes today, Adam Candy. We just keep giving stuff away. Now it's time for Candy's Chonies. The question is, Ed, will you find the prize inside Candy's Chonies? No, there's no chance. There, you're going to give me numbers. I'm going to have Danny have to help me because there's no chance I'm going to know what you're talking about. So let's just get on with it and so I can fail miserably. Okay. So if you've not been inside Candy's Chonies before, I mean, where have you been? <laughs> but uh, what we're going to do here is we're going to give Ed a series of numbers. And today, Candy's Chonies are themed. There's going to be a slightly different approach to Candy's Chonies. But Ed's going to have to take these numbers and figure out what I'm referring to. He's going to have to figure out what sports-themed question I am posing to him based on a series of numbers. Now, Danny, you are allowed to tell me whether or not you think you know what it is. You are not allowed to guess, and you are not allowed to help Ed. Okay. Okay. Here, those are our rules. Here we go. We are going to be identifying a living being today. Someone I alive. I cannot tell you any more than that, but let me Nothing start right mean. here. Okay, here we go. Your first clue is 25 years. 25 years. Does that help you at all Tell about who we might be talking about? 25 years. Uh, it's definitely how long. Okay. Someone uh, has done it, something. It is an age. It's an age. <laughs> it's definitely an age. Um, uh, it is actually, I'm going to give you another clue. Another clue. Uh, it is actually the longest living at 25 years. Degenerate, the longest, degenerate has a look in his face like he's even... The longest living. living one of these beings has been alive for 25 years and six months. Do you know what I'm talking about? Not yet. Okay, Danny, do you know what I'm talking about? I do not. Okay, all right. Here we go. Then, then we have to go to another clue. Okay, we're talking about a living being of which the... the 25-year, six-month lifespan, longest ever recorded. Uh, that was actually recorded in Nineveh. Nineveh. Okay. Let's go to our next clue. Okay. Three years. Three years. Three years. And and here's, here's something important to know about what happens at three years for this living being, of which the oldest is 25 years. Um, triumph display is important. The male will briefly attack another and return to the female with its neck outstretched as a sign that they have strength. Three years is when this animal first breeds, as you might guess by that. Do you know what I'm talking about yet, Ed? Well, now I've got a better clue than the first one. Okay. Um, 25 years. Oldest is 25 years, six months, recorded in Nineveh. Uh, and the males in this set of living beings show off for the females when it's time to get a little bit. With their neck outstretched, they come back after fighting off a bigger male, and they both call out loudly. The male and the female call out loudly, as you would expect. No, no Danny, guess. is it a bear? 
Uh, Ed thinks it's a bear. Ed <laughs> thinks it's a bear. Ed's guess is a bear. Danny, Danny, where is? You think it's a bear? Where is Ninevit? Oh, Danny, do your own research. Be uh, like Aaron Rodgers and do your own research. I will okay, be like you Aaron don't Rogers, know. R-E-L-A-X. Oh, uh, R-E-L-A-X. Did you say? Did you say long neck? Long neck, long neck. Not a bear. So giraffe? your guess of bear is wrong. No, it's not a giraffe. There are there are much older giraffes than twenty five years old. Ed, go to a zoo sometime. <laughs> no. My Let's, God, so you're this, from San this Diego. is only you, you, it only lives till twenty five. You lived in San Diego for God knows I how long. I took those kids you know to the zoo. I took those kids to the zoo a hundred times. We saw the That's giraffes. What I'm we saying. saw the elephants. My God, your we went around to that damn roller coaster this. a million times with those kids. They for just the never they never God. let me go. So this is this is they live till twenty five and six, and then they're done. That's they're the out. oldest. That's the oh, oldest, that's the oldest, oldest one, one of all. For those who've never been to Nineveh. Uh, okay. All right. Is it a swan? Did you ask if it's a swan? No, I did not ask that. You should have asked if it's a swan. It's not a swan. All right. Um, okay. 38 to 45 days is when this animal, after birth, 38 to 45 days after birth is when this animal will first do the one thing you expect it to do most. It will, shall we say, spread its wings. Oh, my goodness. Danny? Is it a condor? I don't know. It is not a condor, but it is a bird. What I, bird are we talking about is the question. What bird could yeah, we I was, be talking Yeah, I was about? lost. My first thought what went to lion. But I know. I, I went lion. I went giraffe. Ed's, he, Ed's he thinking scorned, birds. He scorned but, me on that so one. So somewhere between, somewhere between 38 and 45 days, this animal will first fly. It will, it will make its first flight. It could live as long as 25 years. And it first does a little, a little sexy dancing with its partner at three years old. Do you know what animal we're talking about? I'm going to tell you right after this because if you, if you, dear listener, have stuck through four minutes of this, I God bless you. <laughs> well, can we do can, can we do six nine one eight seven preface with ESPN? Okay, if someone wants to text in we answers, have a caller. Let me see if they know. Have a caller? Does a caller? Does our caller know? Here's the what thing. Here's the thing. About? I'm going to do this one time. We got a port of subs, six foot sub. With Whoa. a chance to win the Yeti Whoa. cooler. Should we do this? Yes, if you know what the animal is. Yes. If you know what animal I'm talking We're about. We're giving them the port of subs. You We're get giving the them sub. the Yeti. You get the sub. ESPN and that's Vegas. it. Danny's got someone Danny's on the line right already. now who's trying to guess what animal we're talking about. What animal is inside my children? 364 702-364-1100. 702-364-1100. You get the port of subs. You get the six-foot sub. You get the Yeti, you get, well, you're entered into and, and a drawing And you get to go inside cooler. my chonies, which is yes, not something I offer to every listener. I mean, I, I had a giraffe at 25 and 6 months. What the hell am I talking about? Okay. Uh, I, I all right, Danny's going to come back with an answer. Danny's coming back. What's the first guess, Danny? The first guess is a turkey. That is incorrect, although we are getting close to the most okay. disrespected holiday on the entire calendar, Thanksgiving. All of you who have Christmas decorations out right now are playing Christmas music. You deserve to go to the gulag. All Thanksgiving right. first, then Christmas. Do we have another guess? Caller number two wants to go with peacock. Incorrect. Oh. I want you to think in terms of the sport of baseball, folks. I want you to think in terms of baseball. Baseball is your clue. 702-364-1100. It lives to 25 at longest. It starts getting busy at three years old. It can fly as young as a month and a half old. The bird has something to do with baseball in 2022. What do you need more to know about this? Caller, 
do, Danny, do we have more information? Caller number three wants to know if it is an ostrich. It is not an ostrich. We're going to have to go to break sometime soon here. I'm going to give one no, more we've caller. No, we've got a couple minutes. We've got, this is great do radio. We have time? I love this. Oh, sure. Okay, let's, I want to know what you people this, I is going to figure out what bird this is. Sake. Let's give this sub away, this Yeti cooler entry. entry. And how many get, birds have we got left? I, I'm get not, six foot of bird. You can order turkey. It's not a turkey. We already just determined that. But you can get Porta Subs turkey if you want. I thought ostrich uh, was a good pick. So let's uh, uh, goose. Goose is the next one. Who guessed Goose? Caller number four. You want their let's name? Get call, let's, get, let's get some information from caller number four. Would you we like him on air? From caller number four. Because caller number four, you're our winner. Yay! It, is the, it is the greater white-fronted Goose. Ed, do you know what the greater white-fronted Goose did in 2022? I No, I, I thought it was a giraffe. <laughs> the greater white-fronted Goose... Better known as the San Diego Padres Rally Goose. Oh no, the San Diego. And you had to go Padres for me specifically. Goose. I know the what this gr- is about. I now. went. I have been waiting weeks to talk Rally Goose with you, Ed. Oh. We haven't had the opportunity in this entire set of shows to talk about the Rally Goose. This is the amazing. Goose that killed the Dodgers' entire season. The Greater White Fronted Goose, and I have been told by experts that I read about in the last half hour, who say that the greater white-fronted goose, despite being smaller than other geese, is as tough pound for pound as any goose that you will find out there. Ed, how do you that feel about beautiful. the rally goose? I, I hate anything Padres, but that was one of the best chonies we've had. That was, we rally- went to the calls, and we actually gave, we gave away a sandwich. We gave away the and, sub. That was brilliant uh, that was, on your part, you by know, the way. And, uh, we gave brilliant. away a sandwich and a uh, chance to win a Yeti cooler. We're going to get his information during the break? All right. That's that's a terrific, brilliant job by Adam Candy. When we come back, talk about brilliance. It's J.R. Starkus. Ready for the weekend? It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. Let's find out what's on tap with J.R. Starkus. Champagne, perfume going in, sewage coming out. Here he is, Director of Business Development, Southern Glands, Wide Spirits in Nevada, our extreme exologist. Follow him on Twitter. At... J.R. Starkus, Instagram at J.R. Makes Drinks. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, good. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, not happy the <laughs> Astros won, but uh, that's how it goes. Let me ask you this. been asking people all week. They've been in four or six World Series. Uh, they've won two of them. And I contend that no matter when you bring their name up for the future, they will be known as the cheaters. Do you believe that, or do you think when time passes – that we should be more, let's say, nice and to the Astros in terms of that. Well, I think I think the, they'll be synonymous with cheating as long as they have some of those guys on the team that were still there for it, right? Right. Um, you know, so you know, when you have the you know Bregman and, and and you know Altuve and those guys on the team that were there for that whole cheating scandal, they will still be synonymous with cheating. Now, when those guys, if those guys get traded away or retire or whatever the case may be, when those guys are no longer there, then the Astros. Will kind of become. We'll be able to wash their hands of it. I believe, um, even even if they didn't have much to do with it. I just kind of think that stigma, fairly or unfairly, kind of rides around. Now the question is, when they go to another team like Carlos Correa, do do they say, "Oh, now the Twins are cheaters"? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, but you know, so but until until they, I think until they are kind of gone, I think people will always, especially the haters of the Astros, will always make them synonymous with cheating. 
talking about cheating all morning. You got the lunatics with the fish, with the weights and the fish. Now we're cheating at cornhole. The chess people, oh. do you know where you put that buzzer, that nut job? Yeah. Uh, any, uh, uh, you stealing some signs with the kids? With the, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, you, you, I mean you listen, that's signs? fair play. Stealing signs is fair play. Really? Um, Gamesmanship. Not, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's 100%. I mean, listen, if stealing signs was, it, it wasn't, a, like, then, that, then you would find a different way to disguise the signs. That's as simple as that, right? You, that, now that's why they have these buzzers. It's speaking, you know, you're kind of, uh, you know, speeds up things, allegedly. But it hopes to eliminate the, the, the stealing of signs. Like, be crafty about it. I don't think it's – I think if you have a tell and you're a guy on second base, I heard you talking about it a little bit earlier. If you're on second base and you've got a catcher that's throwing down one finger and you know that, like, uh, fastball's coming, like, yeah, that's, that's gamesmanship. You're, not, you're supposed to look away. No, disguise yourself. Disguise your signs. Don't get, don't get them picked off. It's, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's perfectly that's – perfectly. now, if you're doing something where you're, you know – you know, you have some sort of like microphone or speaker set up in the opposing dugout because you're just listening to all the conversations. That's cheating. But if you're standing on second base and a catcher is putting down one finger or, you know, if you're a catcher and when you put your finger in between your legs to give a sign and you hold it down really low towards the, it's where everybody can see it and you can see it's fastball coming, you should absolutely find a way to get your hit of that information. The more information you have, the better. So you're telling the kid to cheat. That's not cheating. Well. I would never tell them to cheat. That's not cheating. That's that's paying attention to your surroundings. Paying attention. That's, that's the first time I've ever heard that. I had the eight-year-olds touching the helmets for the change-up. I didn't say you're. Listen, you're when, I didn't say you're knowing your surroundings. Like, hey, if she puts down a number two and that's it. You know, an eight, they don't they don't side, hide the signs. It's either one or two. There's nothing else they're throwing. And then you know, and they're not. There's no rise balls in eight-year-olds. You see the two, you touch yeah. the helmet. You see the one, you touch the leg. Yeah, that's it. That's not cheating. That's paying attention to your surroundings. Look around, pay attention. See, like when in the World Series, when uh, when allegedly the Phillies picked up on uh, on on a, a tell, you know, Bryce Harper saying something to his players, like, "Hey, I, when he does this, it could be this." That's paying. Oh, he did that on Lance McCullers. He did that on Lance McCullers. He tipped his pitches the whole game that time. They crushed them. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you tip in your pitches, like, are you supposed to be like, "Ah, man, yeah, so I have the info, but I'm not going to use it because that's cheating." No. You you got to disguise the, your 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 delivery better in order to avoid getting your pitches hammered into the seats five times in the same game. The degenerate's raising his hand, and giving the thumbs up. The I degenerate f- loves I this. I fully support that. Look at him. It's it's very true. I mean, wasn't there a story in the in the majors this year that uh, I believe it was the Astros? Whenever they got runners on second base, they were getting uh, balked to go to third so that they couldn't steal the signs. Yeah, I remember that. I do remember that. I do remember yeah, that. They just, I mean, it's they just paying just dropped, attention. They just dropped the ball and balked them over. Yep. It's just paying attention. Boy, those damn Astros. They're cheating again. <laughs> My God. And, and, and by, because they're paying attention so well, the other team gave in and said, I'd, it's easier for me to balk you over to third base and take the chance of just getting a sacrifice fly rather than me telling you a pitch is coming and you getting at least two in because I'm getting it over the fence. Before we get to the drink real quick, did the kid play at the Diamondbacks field? Yeah, he was there. Um, he was there a couple weeks ago. He was there for his final high school showcase. Uh, he, but he was he was he was at Diamondbacks Field. He played there for for two days. That was the second year in a row being invited to that. That's, that's kind of an invite only one. Um, and this year, he he really when he got invited, he's like, Dad, I, I think I really want to go back. He said that was he said it was a lot of fun. And um, you know, being able to set foot on that field for for somebody like for somebody like JT who's, who's that driven. Um, it's kind of another. 
it's a motivational, it's the pie in the sky, it's that, you know, that candy uh, at the end of the string that he's, he's looking for. Um, and those type of events for him really make him um, kind, of, kind of visualize the realization that, that hopefully and someday maybe potentially could be his future. So he's a, he's um, a, he's a senior, huh? He's a senior. He graduates this year. Wow. Yep. And, uh, so he's, uh, you know, looking at, at colleges now he's got, well, three on the docket. He's got a, he's actually got a college campus visit this weekend. So he'll do a, another visit this weekend. And then, um, I would imagine, I'm guessing he'll make his decision shortly thereafter. Uh, decision um, time. So, Decision time. Wait, in, instead yeah. of putting a hat on, we need this kid to have three like vodka drinks in front of him when it comes time <laughs> with the logo of each school on it when he makes his baseball decision. And then he says, I'm taking my town soon. The kid just downs some kind of vodka. Yeah, That'd be great. Shot. That would be awesome. Yeah. Just takes a shot. Yeah. All right. What do you got yeah, for us I... today, buddy? <laughs> so I wanted to do a cocktail. You know, I, I kind of joked on Twitter this morning that, you know, this last week we, we fell back and the drink that I made this week is more of a fall forward style drink. Um, because as you get into the fall uh, flavors, you know, people start thinking more of like the gingers and the apples and the cranberries and pomegranates and stuff like that. So I wanted to kind of make a drink uh, using crown apple. Uh, crown apple is a, well, you know, it's funny because when we are having major, major inventory issues in the city, I know we talked about it kind of like this, over the course of this last summer and before, uh, crown apple was one of the most difficult things for anybody to get. It was very, very hard to get now. Luckily, we've worked our way um, through a lot of those those delivery and inventory issues for for everything, not only booze, but you know forks and knives and all the other stuff in the restaurants. Uh, but now you can get your hands on more Crown Apple, and Crown Apple is a perfect way. Just um, it's a perfect thing to have in your house to make cocktails with, or just to drink. A lot of people love Crown Apple just on the rocks or with a, you know splash of soda or something like that. But I wanted to do a cocktail with it today, so you're going to use an ounce and a half of Crown Apple, and that's going to go right into your mixing tin. You're going to follow it up with the ginger liqueur called Domaine de Canton. The ginger liqueur, it's got some sweetness to it, a little bit of a vanilla flavor as well. Three-quarter ounces of Domaine de Canton ginger goes right into that mixing tin, as well as three-quarter ounces of fresh lemon juice and a one ounce of pineapple juice. You're going to shake all of those ingredients together. Um, and then once you shake those ingredients together, you can add the fifth and final ingredient, which is about an ounce to an ounce and a half of Gambino Prosecco, a Prosecco to kind of dry it out. You have the crown apple which has a little bit of sweetness to it. Domaine de Canton, of course, has sweetness to it. Pineapple juice has sweetness to it. We dried it out a little bit with the lemon juice, uh, but we're going to just dry it out a little bit more by adding that last step of the Prosecco and giving that kind of bubbling element, something that people generally like around this time of year, the holidays, um, having that sparkling kind of element to your cocktail. So five ingredients total, one and a half ounces of Crown Royal Apple, three-quarter ounces of Domaine de Canton ginger, three-quarter ounces of fresh lemon, one ounce of pineapple, shake, top with an ounce to an ounce and a half of Gambina Prosecco, pour all of those ingredients into a chilled cocktail glass. You can pour it over ice if you want. I just prefer it in a chilled cocktail glass. I, I, I don't want it to dilute any further. Garnish it with a piece of candy ginger, uh, and it's a, it's a great kind of sipper as we work our way into the fall months and uh, those style of cocktails. Degenerate's checking out on the uh, Twitter. He's got it like uh, he's already expanded it just to see what it looks like. It does look good. Yeah. Looks good. Great. And, and, you know, somebody commented today, uh, it looks fancy. And while it can, does kind of look fancy, it's very obviously very simple to make. Uh, but it can be something that if you want to do something over the holidays that looks fancy uh, with all the ingredients that you have in your house already, make this drink. It's a, it's a, it's a great way to go. Um, all the ingredients are affordable. 
Um, and the Gambino Prosecco, if you don't use it all in the cocktail, it can certainly be used for, you know, brunch, mimosas, or other style cocktails. It's, uh, it's, it's great stuff. I highly recommend getting a champagne stopper. You should, everybody should have a champagne stopper in their house. So when you're done with making the drink and you want, you can save it. And if you find, if you buy a good champagne stopper, it'll save the, the sparkling wine or the champagne for, for at least probably like four to five, maybe even a week, sometimes longer. Um, just keep it refrigerated and you can use the champagne over and over again or the sparkling wine uh, for your cocktails or for other things that you want at your house. All right, there he is. He promotes cheating. Follow him on Twitter at JR Starkus. <laughs> Instagram, you'll say uh, at JR Makes Drinks. Will you have this up today? I will, shortly here. Good job. Director of Business Development, Southern Glaciers Wine Spirits in Nevada. He's our extreme mixologist every Thursday. Thanks, buddy. Touch the helmet for the uh, changeup. Touch the helmet. <laughs> you got it. We'll do. See you, buddy. That's J.R. Starkus. Follow him on Twitter at J.R. Starkus. All right, when we come back, well, we already gave away the sub to the uh, guy who guessed the goose. Was it a goose? Yes, apparently it was a six-foot-tall goose. Is that what you said, Adam? Uh, he might we'll get Adam there. back shortly. It's uh, Tommy. Tommy won the uh, six-foot uh, sub and uh, the chance to win a Yeti cooler. So congratulations to Tommy. When we come back, we're going to close out the show. She's a cheater. It's Soto. She's the only girl we can consistently get to answer our calls. She has to stand on a box to report the news. If you ever see someone fall on the sidelines of a football game, it's probably her. Emmy winner Cassie Soto joins Graney and Bischoff on the press box. At underscore Cassie Soto on Twitter from the Review Journal. It's Cassie Soto. Uh, you have you have to choose one. You're about to cheat. Cornhole with smaller bean bags. Fishing where you sh- you shove weights in the fish and you have to cut the fish open. And I guess shove weights in it or chess. Hmm. Let's go cornhole. Really? Boy, you went that fast. You you, you don't want to mess with the fish, do you? I I don't want to touch the fish. No. Uh, and then chess, no, have, I, people have tried to show me year after year, and I just, I'm not that smart. On how to play it? Yeah. That's a shame. I know. Checkers, checkers all day. Chess, not so much. How would you cheat at checkers? Would you just have, like, extra pieces and start making, you know, your little double yeah. stacks on your own <laughs> at the back of the board? Yes, I really do love when you set up, like, the perfect play, and you're just like, pop, 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 pop. With the little stack. Oh, yeah. I love that. Pop, 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 pop. You mean pop, jump, pop, jump, pop, jump, wow. jump? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Jump, wow. jump, jump, jump. Pop, pop, Sorry. Wow. Sound effect. Things are getting real in the hood. Man. <laughs> pop, 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 pop. Hey, You're going down. Checkers, you lose the checkers of Cassie Soto. very seriously. Competitive checkers player. Oh, you'd be a competitive person in most things, wouldn't you? Oh, yes. Trivia, checkers. Doesn't yeah. matter. So tell us, trivia, you're, uh, you guys are doing pretty well. You go on Wednesday nights. Uh, Wednesday nights, tell yep. us Tell us the team. Who's on the team for trivia? Yeah, so it's been switched up the last couple of weeks, but the core is myself, Estrus, the fiance, Adam Hill. Review uh, Journal. We've got uh-huh, Review Journal. It's a Review Journal team. Sam Gordon. Uh, we've got Leandre Fox and Andy Yamashita. Andy Amashita, that kid sneaked yeah. in. He, he must be the he, ringer, that kid. He's a, he is. Yes. He's, was, he was a new addition, and he has come in so clutch. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we, lo- we love Andy. He's a great addition. Did you guys play last night? We did. How'd you do? And? We 
missed, and if you and it might be a sore subject here. I hope Adam Hill's not listening. But, oh, um, tell me he missed did, the question, please. They, they did a yearbook, so they did a yearbook. It was called the 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 category. So they showed an old like high school picture of a famous person, and you had to guess who it is. Do they give well, you options? No. They just put up a picture. Like, they threw up a picture of Jennifer Aniston, right? And everybody was like, oh, that's Jennifer Aniston. Great. She looks the exact same. Well, the, the harder ones, they put up a picture of Tom Selleck. Okay. No idea who this guy is. I'm, I have no idea. You so still don't we, know? When nobody, yeah, no, I know now. When we don't know, we usually just defer to Adam because Adam is an almanac. He knows everything. And so Adam was like, I feel like that's Tom Selleck. But then the, the guy who was hosting the trivia was like, it's in the eyes. It's in the eyes. Like, everybody just look at, like, trying to give us clues, kind of. And as we're about to turn in our paper, Sam Gordon goes, it's Joe Biden. It's definitely Joe Biden. Joe Biden. And so, like, I don't know. I crossed out Tom Selleck and put Joe Biden. It was Tom Selleck. Oh, so Adam the, was very – so we lost oh. two points there. And then there was another person, January Jones. Have you ever heard of this human being? No. Yes, exactly. of course. Some madmen. No. I, again, Adam knew, but I turned in the paper before, like, writing the name down. So we would have clean swept that that uh, category. So you lost had Adam had lost a little bit of, more conviction and, and sold us on his answers. So you lost because you and Sam. Kind of. <laughs> So wow. No, you didn't. Sam, no. didn't. Sam was wholeheartedly convinced it was Joe Biden, but it was definitely Tom Selleck. No, you lost because Adam Hill can't convince people that he's right. Yeah, he, and then he was really upset afterwards, and we're like, "Come on, Adam, we'll get it back in the music round." And then there was just some weird, like, honky tonky boot scoot and boogie that I had no idea. And we needed you there for the country. Yeah, that's uh, great. Yeah, you did need me there for the country. Hey, you were ripping me yesterday that? for liking country music, but I'll tell you what. But, Tell you what, last night, Review Journal, Cassie Soda, you would have loved my country knowledge. <laughs> Who sings that Boot Scoot and Boogie song? Uh, Brooks ha- and Dunn. Yes, you're right. I yes, it was. And Look then, at that. Yeah, the nobody, lyric, nobody asked me to the, go to trivia. The, the other Adam the lyric, the lyric was The lyric was when the sun goes down. But we were like, well, country music is so basic. So what would be a good sentence that fits here? <laughs> and that's kind of what we went with. Greensman would have known that. Bonnie would have known that. Just like Adam. Adam knew it right away. Aye, aye. Yeah. Boots, aye, and boogie. <sighs> All right. Uh, big, bigger and better questions for, for you, uh, Cassie Soto. I, I have not had the opportunity to talk to you in a while. Update me on the wedding that's never going to happen. How's the planning? <laughs> it's still not happening. All uh, right. Totally even better. It's. We, we've we've lost one year already, so one year has passed since the engagement, and I have not made much progress. Um, so at this point, I'm just looking for a wedding planner to do it all for me. I've I've, I've caved. I know I'm not going to do it myself. I'll so tell you what, didn't if there's you? any wedding planners listening, hit me up. You had that engagement party I went to for the gifts. Yeah, you wanted, oh, you wanted yeah. the gifts. That's a, it's embarrassing at this point. You had I that big party the for the stuff. gifts. You wanted the free stuff. Now there's no wedding. Yep. I mean, maybe. We'll see. We'll see how much energy I have left in me after after all this. Th- this season is over to plan this wedding. Boy, there she is. Sorry, we didn't <laughs> have more time to talk about the wedding and how much she stole gifts at the uh, at the uh, <laughs> wedding reception party. Follow on Twitter at underscore Cassie Soda from New View Journal. Thank you, Cassie. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you, Adam.